Well, good morning, church. It is always great to gather at this time of the year uh, to really come down to is like, okay, who is God? What did He do? And all, and then it's, it sort of comes to a climax right here at Christmas to see the plan of God, how He loves us so much, He sends His Son just for us. And then we start rolling into Easter, and it's just like it's an amazing story, and it's, but it's not just a story. It's truth. And this morning, as you're gathered here, I hope and pray that you are reminded of truth and that God's truth just empowers you as you are worshiping today. We've been talking about this theme, God with us, going through Advent. We still have the Advent books. You can still follow through for another week or so. If you didn't grab a book, you can grab one out on the table. But this has been an ongoing theme and a great truth, a reminder that we need during this Christmas season that in times of doubt and wonder is good to know that we have hope. And that in times where we feel like we are in an unkind and uncaring world, it is good to know that we have love. And then the dullness of life or the uncertain circumstances we face it is good to know that we can have joy. We've looked at those three things of, of Advent, and, and each of those are eternal because they are from God. God with us, embodied in flesh, God's gift of hope and love and joy came to us 2,000 years ago, and we celebrate this at Christmas. But we're not done. There's still one more uh, that we want to share this morning as we look at this truth of Emmanuel, God with us, and that is he gives us peace. Peace. Oh, boy, couldn't we use peace in so many ways. This is a wonderful time of the year, no doubt about it. It's a very festive time, and we get all these good feelings and these emotions as we experience and, and prepare for Christmas. But I'm telling you, it's like, you all know the story of the Grinch, Right? It's like the Grinch, this cruel-hearted Grinch, we're going to look at him as the devil, who likes to slither his way into our lives, and he brings in his nasty entourage of demons, and they just sort of come in, they try to steal away our peace. No matter what he tries, though, to, to steal, whether it's our hope, whether it's our love, whether it's our joy, he's going to fail. He will fail because God with us also means peace with us. Those things that we think, well, love, hope, joy, those are great, but I'm just, I'm not at peace right now. The devil can't take that from you. Like I said, like the Grinch, he'll try to slither in, but he can't. And, and what, this is what we need, peace. Let's, let's, let's put that down. We need peace because I think right now we're living in a world where maybe we're suffering from a little peace deficiency, the bills stack up for some of us. Maybe funding is low in other ways. Maybe the relationship gets a little rocky. There's a few more arguments than necessary or what typically happens. Your parents, for some of you, your parents begin to age and you're dealing with aging parents. For some of you, it's your kids. They become a little bit more defiant. Maybe there's projects that are not getting done. You've got deadlines approaching. Some of you have probably attended more funerals and weddings this past year. There's a little peace deficiency going on right now. And they, they're just knocking just over and over and over again at your heart, trying to 
begged to come in and take away that peace. Listen, when the devil comes knocking on the heart, you can say this to him. You can just say no, right? We all, it's like, oh, just say no. Okay, that's the first thing we can tell the devil. It's like, no. But then here's the second thing you say, no. That's with a K-N-O-W. Why that no? Because you just need, when he knocks on your door, you say, no, I don't want you because I know my Savior. I know my Emmanuel. I know my King of Kings. I know my Jesus, and he is with me. He is the Prince of Peace. And because he occupies me, there's no room here for you. No room for anxiety, no room for uncertainty, no room for fear. You may not step foot into my life, devil, because I know Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, Prince of Peace. Now, some of you are saying, is it really that easy, Rex? Because you're all sitting there saying, it's not that easy. And I will agree with you. Yes and no. Yes, it's that easy, but yet no, it's not. Yes, because God is with you. No, because we still struggle with the humanity of our sin nature. And that's a challenge. And the world is what it is. When you look at this world, there are landmines of of momentary pain and trouble. And you just never know when you're going to step on one. In a, in a world where you have trouble, Jesus even told us this. Here's the beautiful thing about our Savior. Jesus, Jesus promises us a lot of things in his word. If you look through, he promises this and that, right? And we just go through and we find all these beautiful promises of Jesus. But you know what he also promised? He promised us pain and trouble. It's in there. John 16, tells us, you know, we've got this... Oh, you know, we, we want to sit and say, Jesus, you're promising pain? He's like, no, I'm just kidding. You're not going to have any pain. It's just ponies and puppies and rainbows and giggles. And every day is a walk through Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Right? That's what we want Jesus to say, right? But instead, look what he told his disciples in John 16. Verse 33, he says, I've told you all this so that you will have what? Peace. In me, Because here on earth, you will have many trials. You will have sorrows. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Our victor resides in us as we are in this world. So yes, we will have trials. We will have troubles. We will have sorrows. But our victor, our king, is with us. This world is, listen, it's determined to steal your peace away. It will. But Jesus overcome the world. And I was trying to imagine a picture, because I'm a picture person. I'm, I'm somebody who's a story person. I, I, I relate better. You know, I read a scripture. It's like, okay, but then, like, I think that's why Jesus told a lot of stories. It helps me understand a little bit better. So I want you to picture this world right now as a zoo, okay? You, many of you have been to a zoo. Maybe you've seen a zoo. But if you've been to a zoo, you, you fully understand this. All the ferocious wild animals are penned up. They're behind bars. They're, they've got cages, or maybe a really thick glass window, right? And it's, it's like it's strong. They're not going to get through there. They are fortified. They are preventing from touching you, from biting you, from attacking you. They can make noises. They can make sounds. They can growl and try to intimidate you. But they cannot touch you, right? Now, picture yourself on a safari, not a zoo. No bars, no cages, you're on a Jeep with an open hood or whatever, and you're just out there driving around, and you see a charging rhino. There's nothing there to stop it. You see lions. There's nothing there to stop them. You see the animals for where they are in their habitat, 
and you are now lunch to them. Whereas in a zoo, you can eat your lunch and watch them, right? There's a big difference. Here's, here's what I want you to picture between a safari and a zoo. Thanks be to Jesus, he turns this world into a zoo. He does this. You know, there's things that can easily rob us and attack us of our peace. Anxiety, uh, uncertainty, fears, they're, for, they're pretty ferocious. They make a lot of sounds and it can scare us. But Jesus is like, no, I'm, I, I've penned them all up. I've put them behind bars. I'm Lord over all those things. And here's the thing. They're on that side of the cage. You're on this side of the cage with me. And I've penned up all those things. They can make noises. And they can intimidate you. And here's the thing. Unless you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, like we've all heard those stories at a zoo. Somebody gets too close to the edge, and they, they, they climb up on a fence, and then end up in the pen, and they get in trouble, Right? that's where we get in trouble with anxiety and fear and uncertainty, things that rob us of peace, is when we choose to dive into those things instead of staying back where Jesus is like, hey, why don't you come back here and stand with me? That's what he does, right? Matter of fact, he says, hey, why don't you come back here and not only sit with me so that I can be with you, but let me tell you about how not only I defeated all those things, but you can watch me do it. In, in your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. In your Bibles, I'm going to not officially read every single scripture there, every verse, but I'm going to brief over it and you can follow along. In the scripture, I've, it's one of my favorites. I've probably read it before. I've probably preached on it half a dozen times. But it's an incredible day in the life of Jesus. And it begins as they cross to the other side of the lake, verse 22, Luke chapter 8. And they're sailing across. Jesus settles in for a nap. So he's sailing in for a nap, and this ferocious, huge storm approaches them and causes everyone in the boat to be overwhelmed by fear. They are scared, no doubt about it. The disciples go, and they wake up Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, storm, right? Don't you care? Have we, I'm sure none of us have ever done that, right? We've never had a storm in our life where we, one of our prayers is, God, where are you at? You sleeping on me? They did it to Jesus. And Jesus woke up and he rebuked the wind. He calmed the storm and it got quiet. And probably before they could dry off and wring their robes, they hit shore. And it says when they got to the other side of the lake from Galilee, verse 27, they're climbing out of a boat. And this naked, homeless man possessed by demons who lived in a cemetery comes charging at him. Now that's a sight to see, right? Don't even go there, right? But this is what happens. They'd placed him in chains. They'd placed him in, in shackles. But he would bust them loose and run off. Well, here he comes running to Jesus. It says as soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. He comes to the knees of Jesus and he says, verse 28, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? He knows exactly who Jesus is. The demons know who Jesus is, right? Sometimes we just, we don't figure it out. Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. The spirit takes off, right? Throws him into the pigs. Pigs go over the cliff. The, the, the guys that are hurting the, the, the pigs are like, they get frustrated. They run into town. They tell everybody. Everybody in town comes running out. Check out what happens. A crowd gathers around Jesus. This is uh, verse 29. I'm sorry, verse, it's uh, down a little bit further. 
they see the man that had been freed from the demons. He's now sitting at the feet of Jesus, fully clothed, perfectly sane. And they were afraid. They weren't excited. Isn't that frustrating? Somebody gets their life right with Jesus and people are afraid of that. Oh no, what's going to happen, right? So they, they beg Jesus to leave. Instead of saying, stick around, show us more, tell us more. Like, get out of here. Jesus like, I'll honor that. And he left. He gets in the boat and they go across back to the lake. They get to the other side. And as soon as they hit the, the shore, everybody there is waiting. A man named Jairus, he's a leader of the local synagogue, comes out. He falls at the feet of Jesus. You see how people are falling at the feet of Jesus? It all started in the manger. Mary and Joseph were there. And then the shepherds hit their knees as they worshiped. And then a year or two later, then the wise men show up at the house and they hit their knees and it never stopped. The proper place to be before Jesus is on her knees. And here comes Jairus, this synagogue leader. He falls and says, my 12-year-old daughter's dying. Can you come heal her? Yes, let's go. And as they go on their way, there are crowds of people around. This woman who's had this, this disease, this bleeding, for, she says been, she's been bleeding for over 12 years, which I thought was sort of ironic that this is a 12-year-old daughter. This woman's been sick for 12 years. And she reaches out and touches the robe of Jesus, and she's healed completely just like that. Jesus is like, hey, who touched me? And everybody's like, everybody's touching you, Jesus. No, no, no. And he blesses the woman. And when he gets done, one of the servants of Jairus comes up and says, don't worry, my, my daughter, uh, the daughter's passed away. Jesus is like, no, I'm still coming. And so as they get on their way, they arrive. Everybody's crying. Jesus walks in, reaches over to the young lady and brings her back to life. All within less than 24 hours. It's like an amazing thing, right? I want you to think about this. All that went on, all that the disciples witnessed, okay? Each of us have witnessed similar things. Where we've had storms come into our life. We've had dark moments come into our life. We've had sickness. We've had evil moments. We've had death in our families. We've had moments when it's like all these things are coming at us like a wild animal. And Jesus said, I've already penned them up. They're still on their side of the cage. I know they're fearful. I know they can cause you to lose peace. I know they're creating anxiety in your heart right now. But I've, I've handled all that. Did you not see how I did all this? He goes, I am Lord over all those things. We don't have to go around trying to defeat uh, anxiety and defeat uncertainty and defeat fear because Jesus already did it. One of my favorite verses, we used to sing this back in the youth group. Uh, some of you that are in here are adults, you might have been a teenager and sang this song. And I can't remember the name of the group that came to our youth group. And they sang this song from Romans 16, 20. And it says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under his feet. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. And whenever we got to that crush, it was like, boom. The, the kids would just all stomp like, yeah, we're stomping de the devil underneath our feet. And it's like, yeah, go for it. Because look, the God of who? The God of who? The God of who? Peace. The God of peace has crushed Satan. He's already victorious, right? That's Jesus, God with us, the Prince of Peace. And he offers us this peace. He promises us it is a wild world out there, but I put something up between you and, and it. I promise you peace. If you go to John chapter 14, we read this. Jesus said, I'm leaving you a gift, peace of mind and heart. 
peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Because here's the thing. We try to say, here, let me, let me provide some peace for you. We're going to stop a war. There's peace. It's like, that's not the same kind of peace Jesus is giving. He said, remember what I told you? I'm going away, but I'll come back again. If you really love me, you'd be happy that I'm going to the Father, who is greater than I am. I've told you these things before that they happen, so that when they happen, you will believe. See, before this, this kind of peace arrives, you have to understand it begins with peace with God. Have you placed your faith in God through Jesus Christ, church? That's where it begins. We've been separated by a holy God by our sin. Jesus came to reconcile, to bridge that gap. What Jesus did for us allows us to have a relationship with the God of this universe who loves you. Have you placed your faith in God through Jesus Christ? That's where it begins. When you have that peace, now we can have peace with one another. We can have peace with the things that go on in our life. Acts 10.36 says this. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have what? Peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. The peace with God enters our lives and allows us to have peace with others. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and what? Peace. Because you trust in him, then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The peace of God was given to Jesus Christ in dwelling now in us through the Spirit who empowers us. Because we have peace with God and Christ now, what he did, his Spirit in us, now I need to work at having peace with others. This is the, this is the hard part right here, right? Because once we figure out we need peace with God, then it's like, now how can I find peace in this world that I live and with other people? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, work, oh, that isn't easy, is it? Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. Those who are not holy will not see the Lord. See, as we engage with others in this world, it seems like there's things out there that are going to just quickly try to rob us of our peace. But we can be assured of this. Through Christ, we can have peace. Peace in a storm. Peace in financial situations. Peace in relationships. Peace uh, in, in whatever's going on in your workplace. Because of what God did through Christ, you can have peace now with you. Now, again, some of us are like, how? How? I heard a story um, excuse me. <clears throat> I heard a story about a, a little boy and his dad playing basketball. Out on the, on the driveway, dad, big man up there shooting bass. This is how you do it. I'm a lefty, sorry. This is how you do it. And he's shooting. And the little boy's down here and he's like just trying to chuck the ball up in the air. And 
not even really getting close to the rim. And dad's like, you can do it. Just push a little more, push a little more. And he kept trying and kept trying. After about the 10th time of the dad trying to say, you can do it, the little boy just stopped. He said, dad, it's easy for you up there, but I'm down here and it's a lot harder. It's like, ah. Do you ever feel that way with God? Do you ever feel that way with God? God, it's easy for you up there. Yeah. But down here on earth, it's not so easy. Isn't that why God sent his son, Jesus? Emmanuel, God with us. Because he says, I'm down here with you. Temptations you've gone through, gone through them. I've been tempted. Sorrow, I've, I've tasted sorrow. Disappointment, oh, I've been disappointed. Betrayed, oh, trust me, I've been betrayed. Jesus went through all these things. God with us. He's here with us. He's like, I know what you're trying. That's why I'm here to be with you, to help you. He does know, because he is God with us. So, again, how? May I suggest what Mary and Joseph did? May I suggest what the shepherds did, what the, what the wise men did, what the demonic man did, what Jairus did, what the woman who was bleeding did? How about we get on our knees and pray? Philippians 4, 6 to 7, it's my go-to verse. Some of you, if you've got an issue going on or something and you reach out, I'll probably send you this. Not to worry about anything, but to pray about everything. Everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. That's the part we forget. Let's pause for on a second there. That's the part we forget. Tell God what you need. We got that part down, Right? The next part, thank him for what he's done. What has he done? God, I need this, I need this, I need this. Hey, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for your son being on the cross and it wasn't me. Thank you for the grace you've shown, for the mercy you've shown. Thank you for rescuing me from hell. I I deserve it, but you gave me heaven instead. Tell God what you need, but thank him for all he's done. Then you see the next verse, verse 7. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your minds through Christ. And in the Greek, that's the picture when it says guard, it's a Roman soldier. A Roman soldier standing at the gate, all fully armed with his weapons. You are not going in or out that door unless that soldier lets you in. That's the word the Apostle Paul uses in the scripture. Then you'll experience the peace of God, which guards your hearts and minds. Oh, the devil will try to sneak uncertainty and anxiety and fear and whatever he can to rob you of peace, but God's spirit stands at the heart of your door and says, no, no, you may not enter. It's a promise. It's a promise. It's a peace that exceeds our understanding. I love this. You'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. It truly does. Have you ever prayed for somebody and prayed for somebody? And then you, you tell them, he's like, you know what? I've been praying for you. Like, you know what? I can't explain it. But I can feel you. I can feel those prayers. Some of you have been that way. When you've gone through a tough time and people are praying for you, it's like, I can't explain it, but I'm feeling at peace right now. Because it's a peace that exceeds all understanding. And in the world we live in right now, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how it works, but I know he does. That's what I trust. 
There's a movie that came out recently, and I, I'm, it, the name of it, I think it's I Heard the Bells. It's about Henry Wadsworth Longfellow and the, and the poem that he wrote. It's very familiar, and, and the song you've, um, it's, I've Heard the Bells, it all comes together. And I did a little research. I was just sort of curious because I want to know some background to that song. And as I'm reading about this, uh, to hear his wife, his wife's name is Fanny. Don't know how, but tragically, her dress caught on fire. He was taking a nap. He wakes up. She's trying to put the fire on her dress, and she can't get it out, and she's burning. He does everything he can to put the fire out on her as well, so much that he uh, burns himself to a point that is... Uh, he couldn't, if you've seen a picture of him, he's got this full beard. And he's like, he stopped shaving because of the scars and, and, the, and the pain. And uh, unfortunately, his wife died the next day. Because he was so burned, he couldn't even go to the funeral. Two years later, his oldest son, Charlie, had six kids. He goes off to fight in the Civil War with the 1st Massachusetts Artillery. And uh, that ended in a serious wound. And he came home. And as he's trying to care for his son as a 57-year-old widowed man and trying to take care of his kids and his son who his thought was going to be seriously injured enough that he might be paralyzed, they, wasn't, they weren't sure at the time, he's sitting there hearing church bells on Christmas Day. And he's trying to put together the conflict of a civil war, his wife's death, the pain of his son, and peace with God. How do you do that? Well, as he penned this incredible poem, it was later put into song. And I'm going to play that song for you and understand how do you find peace in conflict? We can't do it on our own. But there's a peace that exceeds all understanding. After, uh, at the end of first service, Jerry Reader was sitting up front and it just made me sit there and think, um, I want to thank those who are currently serving, those who have served our nation uh, in tumultuous times. And, and um, I think of, I've, I've got a, a friend who lives in Ukraine and, and what they, you know, what people have gone through. So I want to thank those of you who have served and are serving. Um, we, we, you have tried to be peacemakers for our nation. And I'm so thankful that we have a God who says, I'm with you. I am the ultimate peacemaker. I'm the prince of peace. And that is what the prophets foretold. That is what the angels proclaimed. Jesus showed it. And now he gives us a peace that guards our hearts and minds. I'm so thankful for that, aren't you? Worship team, would you come forward, please? This is a peace that can only be experienced through Christ Jesus. And this morning, again, I encourage you, if you've never placed your faith in God through Jesus Christ, today would be a great day to surrender your life to him to confess your sins to a holy God and admit your need for him. Because he is a God who says, I will answer that prayer and I will give you peace. Would you stand, please? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that comes directly from you, a peace that we all long for and sometimes we have forgotten that you've already defeated all of our spiritual opponents and you give us peace so God thank you for that God as we sing now this song Lord I pray that again 
if someone here needs that peace, that they will not leave this place until they have prayed to you, until they've talked to somebody. God, they don't need to talk to me. They don't need to talk to another. They can talk to anyone in here who has a relationship with Christ because we've all been equipped and empowered by your spirit to be able to share the good news, to be able to pray with one another. But God, help us to make sure before we leave this place, we are at peace with you. We love you, Lord. We sing to you now. In thy name we pray. Amen.